1 Samuel chapter 3, and we're going to read first out of uh, 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 Matthew chapter number 4. Are you glad to be saved? Say amen. 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 Y'all grab this right here. We are, we are still in chapter 4. We're, we're in, now, I, I won't say we're preaching a series as much as we're just preaching through uh, uh, the book of Matthew and also uh, the New Testament. And wherever God says to slow down and, and hunker down, that's what we're going to do. Amen? Uh, you're not going to get two or three messages out of every chapter, but sometimes you will. And so we just want to preach it as God gives it to us, as God leads it that way. And, and we're staying on the subject of hearing from God, hearing from God. Uh, here in Matthew chapter number 4, we find Jesus is choosing his disciples. He is picking his disciples. And, uh, uh, and we know uh, down through the, as time has progressed, they, they, they uh, uh, developed disciples and they won people to Christ and trained them and won people to Christ and trained them all the way down through the ages till here we are, correct? So we're disciples from the first disciples, Correct. All right. Now, so if we're going to be a disciple, uh, he, this, is, this was his statement. This is what Jesus said. I, I mean, this is his invitation to them. Come and follow me. Everybody say it. Come and follow me. follow me. Can you follow him if you don't hear from him? No. No. What does it mean to follow him? Following him means you're doing what he tells you to do. You're living the way he's telling you to live. Not just living, but operating, acting, doing, speaking, winning who he's telling you to win. Basically, he speaks and we listen and we obey, right? That's following him. So let's look here in, in, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. When you get there, say amen. amen. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother casting in it into the sea, for they were fishers. And he saith, say that with me, and he, in other words, he speaks, he speaks to them. What does he say to them? Follow me. me. Say it again. Follow me, me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then straightway they left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw other two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. So he speaks to them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and... Okay, now watch this. The Bible says that he called them. What do you reckon he told them? You know why I know that? Because that's what they did. Now, you see where I'm going with this? Amen. Now, we, don't, we, we know specifically what he said to Andrew and Peter. But we don't know specifically. It just says he called them. But we know what he said by what they, by what they did. Does that make sense? So, so if, if, if <laughs> can we say we're following him if we're not doing what he said? Right? So let's, 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 let's start there and, and let's just pray and I'll let you stand. Lord, thank you so much for your blessings today. Thank you for the privilege of being here. The worship has been great. Uh, Lord, I pray right now that you'll honor your word. Lord, we're imperfect people. Lord, we're imperfect people trying to help each other. Lord, there's no good people in here. The Bible says there is none righteous, no, not one. There's nobody in here without failure or fault. There's nobody in here without anything that they're ashamed of. Lord, we we all have issues and we all have our struggles. But God, as we encourage one another today and we point each other to you, I pray that you'll speak to our hearts right now. God, I pray that you'll speak to us and let us hear your word so we can go out and do it. And God, we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. You remember what we said in the last few weeks? That when you come here this morning, I hope you came with the expectation and the intention that God would speak to you. Okay? Not that you would hear a sermon, not that you would hear a religious speech that's been practiced, but that God would personally speak to you through the preaching of his word. Now, so if we're going to do that, if we're going to do that, let's ask him, let's ask him to speak to us. How many of y'all believe God wants to speak to you today? All right, let's do that. Dear Lord, speak to us today. Not just us, us. but me, me. but me. 
We've been, we've been practicing, we've been practicing this in, in our, our devotion time and with the staff every morning. And I, I, you can ask any staff member, you can ask any staff member, this has been transformational, transformational. We are taking, uh, before, before, uh, uh, we would each, each, uh, staff member, we would take and, and, and try to give a devotion. We'll take a couple verses and speak about it. And we're all sitting there listening. Well, we've changed all that. Now we'll read the verses and we'll say, what is God saying to us? Not just what is the verse saying, but what is God telling us that we need to go do with what we just read? And I'm telling you, I promise you this, there hasn't been a single time that we've met together and discussed God's word that way that he hasn't told us something specific we need to go do of what we just read. Now, that can happen this morning. Now, here's, it, it, it has to happen. It has to happen. Uh, we cannot follow him unless we hear him. Now, we, I'm not going to rehash everything we said last week because we talked about how important it is and how necessary it is that, that if you cannot hear from him, then you cannot follow him. Because uh, uh, what they did is what he, uh, amen. What they did, say it, what they did is what he said. Now, how can you go do unless you hear what he and I'm not just saying says to us, but says to you. You say, what do you mean? In each one of these, sometimes it's been the same, but in each one of these times that we have studied the scriptures together in our morning devotion, God will say something different to me that I need to go apply in my life than the one across the room from me. Does that make sense? In other words, God can, God can come and speak to us in this service right now and feel y'all, he can tell you something you need to go do. You need to apply in your life, but then tell Griggs something completely different, something that's, that's, that's an issue in his life that's not an issue in your life. Does that make sense, everybody? Now, what I want to talk about today is the things that keep us from hearing from him. That keep us from hearing. I, I, I titled, if you look at your notes, if you look at your notes, and by the way, if you're new with us, if you're new with us, we put the outlines on the, on the outside walls out there in, in little, I don't know what you call them things, racks, I guess, racks, paper racks. They're out there, and, and, and you can follow along with us if that makes it easier on you, but they're out there. But if you look at your notes, I titled this Impaired Hearing. Impaired Hearing. Sometimes we have a hearing problem, Right? I've, I've got, I've got hearing aids that, that I've been blessed with and I, 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 I'm trying to get used to it and all that. And, uh, when I walked in, it, it synced to my phone and I had turned down a little bit, amen. Cause it has one frequency and it's the real high frequency that I, I'm not really good at. And, and, and it helps me to hear. And that, because I have a hearing problem, I have an issue with my hearing. Now, some of us, when it comes to hearing from God, we, we, we got a hearing problem. We got a hearing problem. We got issues that we need to work out and fix. So, so today, all today is going to be about impaired hearing. What will keep us from hearing from God and what do we need to do about it? Okay? If you're with me, say amen. amen. Now watch this. Watch what it says. Look at the top of your notes. John 10, 27. John 10, 27. This is so important. My sheep hear my voice. Say it with me. If you are one of his sheep, you're going to hear his voice. Now, if there's not extenuating circumstances that we're going to talk about today, typically, naturally, you will hear the voice of God. You will hear the voice of the shepherd. And I know them. Now, why do we need to hear his voice? Why is it so important for the sheep to be able to hear the shepherd? And they and they follow me. All right. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter number 3. And I'm going to... I'm going to I don't want to say testify this morning, but this is almost my life story. This is almost my life story here, this, this story of Samuel. Now, while you're turning, you're going to hear about a young man who, uh, if you go back to the first Samuel chapter number one, you'll find out that his mother was barren. She didn't have any children and she wanted children so bad. Uh, she wanted them so bad and she prayed and she prayed and God answered her prayer. But this was what her promise was. She said, now, God, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. I'll give him back to you. And, and, and let me tell you something. <laughs> let me tell you something. Their baby dedication was a lot different than ours. 
Because when she weaned that son, she brought him to the church, the temple, and said, here you go. That's it. That's the way it happened. She literally gave him to the Lord and he grew up in the temple. Are y'all with me? Now, when we dedicate babies, we send them back. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, we appreciate you dedicating them to the Lord, but we're going to depend on you to feed them. Say amen. Now, now does this make sense? She, she, she said, Lord, if you'll give me a son, I'll give him back to you. And she literally gave him back to God, and he, he was raised in the temple. He grew up in the temple. So as he was growing up, he was learning the stuff about God, and he was serving. If you look at the first verse there in, in chapter number 3, the Bible says that Samuel ministered unto the Lord. Do you all see that? Look what it says. Let's read. And the child Samuel ministered unto the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. Now what that means is that God wasn't speaking a whole lot then. It was a dark time. The people were wicked and evil and, and, and uh, it had gotten real bad in the priesthood. Uh, there was sins going on with the sons of Eli. Eli was the high priest. And, and, and to make a long story short, they were acting the fool and he wasn't correcting them. He was allowing them to be foolish and do stupid things. And, and so God was, not, God was not pleased with that. God was not happy with that. And he was going to bring judgment. And, and so God's going to raise up another prophet that would be honorable to him. And, and so here's, here's Samuel. And Samuel, he's grown up in the temple. He's grown up in the temple. He's serving God. He's ministering. In, the, in other words, he's working for the church. Does this make sense? Now watch. Let's keep reading. Now this is going to be amazing. And it came to pass at the time when Eli, Eli was laid down in his place and his eyes began to wax dim that he could not see. He was elderly. And air, the word air means before, and before the lamp of God went out in the temple, they would light it at dusk and, and, and it would stay lit throughout the night. And at right at the early morning, it would go out. So what he's saying is right before the dawning of the day, it says that the, where the ark of God was and Samuel was laid down to sleep. That the Lord called Samuel and he answered, here am I. And he ran unto Eli and he said, here am I. He thought Eli was calling him. For thou callest me. And he said, I call not, lie down again. And he went and lay down and the Lord called yet again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here am I. For thou didst call me. And he answered, I called not, my son, lie down again. Now, Samuel, here, here's, a, here's a really important verse. Here's a really important verse. If you underline in your Bible, this is a good one to underline. Now, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. Neither was the word of the Lord yet revealed unto him. He could not recognize the voice of the Lord. And the Lord called unto Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Here am I, for thou didst call me. And Eli perceived that the Lord had called the child Therefore, Eli said unto Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he shall call thee that thou shalt say, speak Lord, watch this, for thy, thy servant heareth. So Samuel went and lay down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak for thy servant heareth. And the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do a thing in Israel at which both the ears of everyone that heareth it shall tingle. In that day I will perform against Eli all things which I have spoken concerning his house. When I begin, I will also make an end. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knoweth because his sons made themselves vile and he restrained them not. Now, here's what I want to do. Three things real quickly. Here's some things that, that we need to understand. You say, Preach, I come to church all the time and I don't feel like God speaks to me. I hear what you're saying, but I don't feel like there's a personal voice to me. I, I don't feel like that I hear anything from the shepherd. I don't feel like God speaks to me. Well, let's see why. Let's see why. First thing, first thing. God calls Samuel and he calls him by name, right? He calls his name. And this verse that I told you to underline is very important. Because it tells you the status of Samuel. It tells you his spiritual condition. It says, for he did not yet... Everybody say it. He did not yet know the Lord. Now, say, preacher, what are you saying? 
Number one, if you're taking notes, there are different factors. There are different factors that would cause us not to be able to hear from God. And the number one factor is this. It's a salvation factor. It means we're not his sheep. Okay, he said, my sheep hear my voice. If we are not, if we are not his sheep, we're not going to recognize his voice. Are y'all with me? We, 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 I've seen video after video of people calling, calling certain sheep, and they don't even lift their head up. They just keep eating grass. But when their shepherd calls, okay? All right, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's how we're going to apply this today. You can, you can come to church a long time. And you can read your Bible a lot. And you can come to know a lot about God. But that doesn't mean you know God. Now think about this. What do you think this young man knew? Now now you go to church once a week. He went every day. He served every day. He opened the doors of the house every day. He ministered unto the people every day. He ministered unto the priests every day. He heard the word spoken and read every day. This young man knew a whole lot about God. He knew information about God. He probably knew about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He probably knew. Are y'all with me? He probably knew about Moses. He probably knew about the Red Sea. He probably, he probably knew about the plagues. He probably knew about the power of God. He knew about God's hand and God's word and the law. But according to this verse, it says he did not yet know the Lord. So, so what does that tell me? You can know about God and not know God. Let me, let me give you an illustration. I hope this works. Uh, uh, is there anybody here? Is there anybody here? I, and I wouldn't embarrass nobody for the world. So you, you, if you're shy, don't worry about this. But is there anybody here in this place right now? Uh, that, that, that you, might, you might be a first-time attender. You might have been coming for a while. But you've never met me. You've never met me. Would, would you slip your hand up? Okay. All right. We got some hands back there. All right, raise your hand. Okay, okay. All right. Now, all right. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. If if you're not shy, if you're not shy, raise your hand again. Okay. All right. Can I come back there? You care? All right. I'm coming. <laughs> all right. Keep me cranked up. Keep me cranked up because the, the 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 TV ain't going. It ain't going to work. So. All right. I want them to be able to hear me. Now, now we've never met, right? We've never met, but you've heard about me. Have y'all come before? Is this y'all's first time? Been, been before? So you even heard me. Yeah. Right. All right. How you doing? Malcolm Carter. What's your name? Dana. Dana? Greg Watson. Greg. How y'all doing? Yeah. Where y'all from? Uh, McCalla originally. McCalla. All right. Is that in Alabama? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm originally from South Florida. I grew up in Fort Pierce, Florida. Down, uh, you know, you ever heard of Palm Beach? Uh, it's right above Palm Beach and right below Cocoa Beach, you know, Melbourne and all that kind of thing. And, uh, man, I got salt water in my veins, big time. I'm a missionary to Alabama. I've been here, uh, I've been here since 99, October 99. And, and so about 19 years, 20, no, yeah, about 19 years, 20 years, something like that. And, uh, man, we had a blast. I had a good time. So we've never met. No way. From Bruce Harris? Let's pray. Father? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Me and him are good buddies. I don't know what he says about me, but I'll brag about him. I did? Really? He, he recommended me? So you heard about me before you met me. Okay. And so somebody highly recommended me to y'all. Okay. Now think about this. Hearing about me is a little different than meeting me, right? So now we've met. Now we're friends, right? And so... Can y'all see, is everybody in the building right now? Everybody in the building. Can you see that there's a difference between knowing about somebody and meeting somebody? Now, there's a huge difference. I'm so glad that y'all are not shy because I really needed this illustration to help me today. Hey, give them a hand. Give them a hand. Where, where is McCullough? Is that like around Birmingham? Okay, all right, all right, cool, cool. Now, here's the deal. There are, there are tons of people in churches all over America that know about God. 
And they get familiar with the things of God. But they don't know him. I told you this story is kind of a story of my life. I grew up in church. I forgot to tell you all that. That's another new fact you all know about me. I grew up in church. My dad was a preacher. I had a preaching daddy and a shouting mama. Amen. And, and, and I went to church. I mean, I was in church nine months before I arrived on this planet. I've been in church my whole life. It's all I've ever known. In, in Christian school, man, we had to memorize verses like crazy. I mean, it was just unbelievable. My dad would used to take me on visitation. You know, the, the old time church, we would all go on Tuesday night. We'd go on visitation and visit all the people that came for the first time on Sunday. And he'd set me up on the stool and said, uh, all right, quote some verses. <clears throat> like I was a little monkey or something, you know. <laughs> and so I'd sit on that and just quote the verses that, you know, I, I, had, to, I had to memorize. And, and I had, I had, a, I had a, a, a little three-piece suit. How many of y'all know them suits with the big collars? <clears throat> In, 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 in the vest, amen, in the vest. And, and I had a big old Bible. Bible was about half size I was. Man, I walked around. Everybody called me the little preacher boy. That's what they did, little Granny King. Granny King was about this big and, and 127, I think. And every time I'd walk by her, she'd grab my cheeks and say, you're just so cute. You're my little preacher boy. Because I knew a lot about God. You could, you could ask me about any question you wanted to. And if I didn't know it, I could tell you where to find it. And then one day, one day, God showed me that knowing about him is not the same as knowing him. And I got under great conviction of my sin. Because it didn't matter how much I went to church. It didn't matter how much of the Bible I knew. It didn't matter who my parents were. I had to come before God on a personal basis, one-on-one, and repent of my sins and receive him as my Savior. Are y'all with me? And it was at that moment that I met the Savior. I knew about him before, but now I knew him on a personal basis, on a one-on-one basis. And we've had a relationship ever since. He speaks to me, and I speak to him. Somebody say amen. Now that's a difference. And there are so many people who go to church every, and it scares me to death. Especially unchurched people who begin to come and they just like it and they just keep coming and they get familiar with everything and they never make a decision for Christ. Listen, it's not enough just to know about him. It was not enough for Samuel to minister in the church. He had to meet him. You mean to tell me God don't talk to lost people? That's what I'm trying to tell you. He will, but let me explain. 1 Samuel, or excuse me, John chapter 8, verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's word. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. John 10, 27. My sheep, my sheep, the ones that belong to me, hear my voice, and I know them, and they All right, here's the thing. You say, what does a lost person hear? Their name. The only thing that Samuel heard from God till he met him and surrendered to be the next point is his name. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. God may be calling your name today. God may be showing you today that you need to repent. You need to come to him. You need a personal experience. Not, not, not word of mouth. I appreciate I appreciate what Bruce said about me. And, 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 and he, he, she said, I come highly recommended. That's highly unusual. Say amen. I appreciate, I appreciate what Bruce said about me. But I tell you what, there's nothing like a personal meeting and a personal greeting, a personal handshake. I'm telling you, knowing about God is not enough. You need to know him. You need to know him. Say, what's the remedy? Romans 10, 9 and 10. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we'll confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, shall believe in our heart that God hath raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. What is the remedy to the first problem? It's the easiest out of all of them. Just believe him. 
Just believe that Jesus died for your sin. He died for your sin. You don't have to die in your sins because he died for your sin. We are all sinners. There is none righteous, no, not one. For God, uh, he commended his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If we'll, ho, 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 if we'll confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thank God for the forgiveness of God. I'll I'll tell you this too. I'm I'm glad not only for forgiveness before salvation, I'm glad for forgiveness after salvation. Church, say amen. Stupidest things I've ever done was after I was saved. I was saved young. All my ignorant stuff was after I knew Jesus. Come on. Listen, trust him. Trust him. Just come to him. Say, God, I need you. I want to know you. I want to know you because I need to hear from you. Man, if there's ever been a time in in the history of humanity when God's sheep need to be able to hear from their shepherd, it's right now. Amen. 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 We'll just, let's move along. Second factor. Second factor. Now, this is for all you saved folks in here. You know you're saved. Look what it says. Now, Eli's figured it out. Eli's figured it out, so uh uh-oh, God's trying to talk to him. And and by the way, in the last few services, God may have been trying to talk to you. Hey, that automobile accident may be God trying to talk to you. That that bad report from the doctor may be God trying to talk to you. That word from your friend, that encouragement from your friend, or that rebuke from someone who loves you, that may be God trying to talk to you. Well, Samuel, or Eli has figured it out. This is the Lord. Now watch what he tells. Watch the instructions. These are so important. So important. Look what it says in verse 9. Verse 9. Therefore Eli said unto Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he call thee, that thou shalt say, say it with me. Everybody say it again. Here's the second factor that keeps us from hearing the voice of the shepherd. It's a submission factor. It's a submission factor. Everybody say that. It's a... Now, now watch how this is worded. And watch when it is worded. Eli doesn't tell Samuel to say, all right, Lord, you tell me what you want me to know, and then I'll decide if I want to do it. In other words, before the Lord even says it, before the Lord even gives instructions, he says, tell it to me, I'm going to do it. I'm your servant. In other words, this is a mentality. This is a mindset of submission and surrender If you want to hear from God, you need to be submitted to him and surrendered to him. Why should God tell you what he wants to tell you if he knows you're not going to do it anyway? Some of y'all, you're not hearing from God because you're not submitted to him. It's 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 a situation of surrender. So how do you know? Well, one reason is because you didn't do the last thing he told you. Man, it's getting quiet in here, isn't it? This is a serious issue. This is a serious issue. I told you this is almost my life story. This is almost my life story. I've, I've said this part before, but I think it's, it's necessary for you to hear right now because it's, it's, it's really important. When I was a, when I was a little kid, I, I, was at, I was at church. And, and Dad had a service, a camp meeting service. And it was... Morning services and evening services. Old time, you know, they'd have two or three sermons in the morning and, and a couple in the evening, but eat lunch and breakfast and all that kind of thing, just an old time camp meeting. And, and during that morning service, uh, Dad, he'd let me and my brother stay out of school that week if we went to church, but we had to go to church. And so I was sitting out there, really wasn't paying attention. I was sitting with a, a gentleman named Buster Drawdy. 
And he was a cool old gentleman. He used to take us fishing all the time. So I was sitting about three quarters of the way back. And, and Dad's church is like a long shotgun style church. Y'all know what I'm talking about? It had two rows, but it's like a long way out there. And I was about three quarters of the way back. Wasn't even really paying attention. I, I really, I, I wasn't real spiritual at the time. And, uh, <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, <clears throat> uh, and, and, and the, the preacher was preaching. His name was Bob Green. This is how impactful this was. This is how, ugh. Brother Bob Green used to be a missionary. Uh, he was in, uh, I think it was El Salvador for a while, was in Mexico for a while. And he's preaching about the will of God and about God calling because his, his heart's missions. That's what he is. And he's like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and he's up there preaching in the pulpits. I can see it in my head right now. And it looks kind of small because he's so big. And all of a sudden he said, I want that boy to be a missionary. And I mean, he's looking dead at me. It looked like his finger was right here on my nose. Now, you got to understand, I grew up in church. And I grew up when missionaries came from the field. And this was before we had all this stuff. It was when you had them clickers. Y'all know what I'm saying? That little round thing with it, you know? And I done, I done heard all the stories about having to eat roaches and, and crickets and stuff like that. And I'm like, no! I don't want to be a missionary. Hey, point that hand somewhere else. I mean, it, it, it scared me to death. And from that moment, from that moment, for t- till, till as I was growing up, I was running from God. So, but you was young. Yeah, but I didn't want to be a missionary. I didn't want to be a missionary. I didn't want to go to the mission field. I like it over here. I like air conditioning. I like McDonald's. I know y'all are so spiritual in here. You're just so submissive and surrendering. Oh, y'all make me. Think about it. What if God called you today to go to Zimbabwe? Or Nigeria? Man, this this fear gripped me. Later on, as I grew up, 17 years old, I surrendered to preach. I'm steady running. I'll preach. I ain't going to be no missionary. (laughs) Went to Bible college, running. Graduated Bible college and, 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 and decided I'm going to, I'm going to go be my dad's assistant down in, in, in Florida running. Because if I go be his assistant, then I don't have to be a missionary. See, y'all thought y'all had a real spiritual preacher, but you don't. I'm man, I'm just, that didn't work out. How many of you know when you're running from God, stuff usually don't work out? Right. Now, God will bless his word and all that. But I, I had to leave there. And I went back. I said, I'm going to take my fourth year. Because they didn't have the fourth year at the time. So I went back, take the fourth year. And there's a little church that needed a preacher. I needed to preach. And they called me Long Branch Baptist Church. We was having a big time. People getting saved and everything. And you know what? Inside, I was still. I didn't have peace. I didn't have peace. I mean, people getting saved, people think it's the greatest thing in the world. Balcony filled up, it's great, and I'm miserable. Because I'm not surrendered. I'm not surrendered. And to make a long story short, you know, God calls us out here, and it's funny. It's funny. I even tried to get ahead of God. All right, God, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll just go be a missionary. Do you realize, do you realize nowhere nowhere at no time from the time that missionary pointed at me to the time I said, I'll be a missionary. Did God ever tell me to be a missionary? That preacher said, I want him to be a missionary. But I never heard a word from God. Preacher, what what point are you trying to make? I wasn't going to give God a chance. I wasn't going to ask him because if I asked him, he might tell me. So I was just going to do my own thing and I was just going to keep running. Yeah, I was preaching. Yeah, people was getting saved, but I had no peace. And so here I go. This is so, y'all, y'all probably never come back. I said, all right, if you want me to be a missionary, I'll go, I'll go. And so I'm trying to get ahead of God. 
I'm going to go to Costa Rica language school and, 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 and learn Spanish language and, and, then, and then come back and start Spanish churches here in the United States. In other words, I'm trying to be a missionary on my terms. How many of y'all have ever tried to bargain with God before? And I still hadn't asked him. I'm just thinking he wants me to be a missionary. And then one day, I was so miserable. I was so miserable. I went to a meeting with Dr. Brown. Me and Jonathan McNeese, I don't know if y'all remember him, but we was in Sutton, West Virginia. And after that meeting, before we got in the van to drive home that night, Preacher Brown grabbed him by the collar and me by the collar. And he began to pray for me and him. He said, God, make your will evident and obvious. And make it so great it's worth the wait. And man, something broke in me. I said, God, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of not having any peace. I'm tired of not having any joy. I'm tired of trying to do my own thing. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of being afraid. God, I don't care where it is. I don't care where it is, wherever you want me to go. And to make a long story short, and I try to do that, and I'm not good at it, but the point was, the moment, that I said, God, I don't care. Whatever you want. I got a call from Coleman, Alabama. And this is, I was so far in front of God. They said, we'd like you to come candidate for Temple Baptist Church. I said, no, I got to be a missionary. <laughs> God is my witness. Ashley, you in here, you was up there singing. Maybe you're coming in the second service. Ashley, Ashley and her, her family was some of the, Chris, Chris, Chris Barnes, you back there? I think he's back there in the glass. They said, we still want to, <laughs> we still want to interview you. I said, Okay. So I was just going to answer blunt. And one of them, I think Bob, Bob Phillips asked, said, do you preach against sin? I said, not unless I have to. <laughs> and they just busted out laughing. They just thought, they ain't heard no answers like this guy's giving. Because <laughs> I really thought God wanted me to be a missionary. I never even asked him. I was afraid to ask him. Because I was afraid what I was going to hear. But I was so dumb. Because I forgot to understand the fact that if it's God's will, I'm going to like it. God never intended me to be in Zimbabwe. God never intended me to go to Costa Rica to language school. I butchered the English language. God wanted me in Coleman, Alabama. But see, ho, ho, ho. But I couldn't get here till I said, God, wherever. And here's the thing. Some of you are saying, God, speak to me. He said, I already have. But you ain't done what I told you the first time. You're wanting God to speak to you about what to do about this financial problem, but God's already told you you're supposed to forgive your neighbor for what they've done, and you're holding a grudge, and... You're not surrendered. Why should God tell you step two if you won't do step one? How many of y'all know God don't back up on what he says? You know, some of us as parents, or we had parents, sometimes they would say something, and after a while, well, but God's not that way. If he told you to do something three months ago, he's still expecting you to do it. And some of us, the problem that we're having hearing from the shepherd is not a salvation problem. You're saved as they get. You're just not surrendered. And let me tell you what you are. And I know this by experience. From 17, I see. No, it was before that because I was probably about 13 or 14 when that happened. So 14, I got here about 24. Maybe. I don't know how old I was when I got here, 24, 25. For 10 solid years, 
I'm running. And for 10 solid years, I never had peace. And if you don't have peace, you don't have joy. Did people get saved? Yep. Was God blessing the message? Yep, because it's his word. Did God let you have peace? No. Because I wasn't surrendered. Some of you need to surrender today. You need to say, God, wherever, whatever, whoever, whenever, speak because your servant, say it with me, your servant. I'm listening. When you say servant heareth, that means whatever you say, I'm going to, that's what that means. That's what that means. Don't expect God, don't expect God to speak to you if you're not going to do what he says. And God already knows if you're not going to do what he says. So you need to tell him before you ask him to speak, you need to say, God, whatever you say, whatever you say, some of you are like me. You're not going to do that because you're afraid of what he's going to say. Do I have a witness? Romans 12, look what it says in your notes. Romans 12, 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice. Look look right over that, right over that word sacrifice and put surrender there. That means be totally sold out, totally surrendered. Wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Why? Why? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. Verse 1 and 2 go together. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why do you need to surrender completely sold out to God and not be conformed to this world? That ye may, everybody, that ye may, that means to know, discern, or recognize. I just don't know what God's will is for me. Maybe you're not sacrificed. Maybe you're not surrendered. Or the third factor, the third factor. We see salvation factor. We see a surrender factor, but then sometimes there's a sin factor. It may not be that you're not fully surrendered. It may be that you're conformed to this world. Sin will cause static in the line. Sin will cause static in the line. I meant to do this and I forgot. Do, we have, do y'all still have walkie-talkies in here? We don't have no walkie-talkies in here. We used to have walkie-talkies in here. How many of y'all know what a walkie-talkie is? Some of you young people don't. But a walkie-talkie, there's a receiver on each end, right? Well, this is the way to explain this. The best way to explain this in the easiest way is when you got saved, the Holy Spirit became your walkie-talkie. The Holy Spirit became your connection with God. That's why God, only the sheep can hear the shepherd. Because what connects you to God is the Holy Ghost. Are y'all with me? Say amen. He speaks to us through his spirit, not through our physical ears, not through our emotions, but through his spirit. That is our connection with God. That's why when they sinned in the garden, listen, their spirit died. It was a disconnect. God said, where are you? They used to communicate. Y'all with me? The trichotomy became a dichotomy, soul and body. I don't want to confuse you, but the point is, the Holy Spirit's in there. He's the walkie-talkie that communicates. Guess what happens when sin comes in? Sin grieves the Holy Ghost. And the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, this is in Psalms, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. Now watch. Now watch. In other words, there's going to, there's going to be a stop in communication. Say, where are you getting this from? Who is God speaking to Who is God speaking to in chapter 3? Come on. Say it again. Say it again. Who is the head honcho? Eli. Who should God be speaking to? But who is God not speaking to? What did he tell Samuel about the sin of Eli? Do y'all see where I'm going with this? Because of Eli's disobedience and because what he allowed his sons to do, his sin disconnected the communication. 
Now, instead of God communicating with the high priest Eli, God was communicating with the new prophet. What am I saying? I'm saying sometimes it's not a surrender problem. It's not a salvation problem. Sometimes it's just a sin problem. A sin problem. Now, I'm not talking about a mistake. I'm not talking about something stupid you do. We all get ignorant sometimes. We all lose our minds every now and then, do something ignorant, stupid, and, 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 and traffic maybe, say amen, or in various other places. I'm not talking about that because I'm glad immediately when the Holy Spirit convicts us, we can go to us, I'm sorry. Lord, forgive me for that. Forgive me for saying that. Forgive me for looking at that. Forgive me for thinking that. Forgive me for acting that way. Forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me. Y'all with me? What I'm talking about is blatant living in sin. Blatant, unconfessed, unrepentant sin. You see, God had been trying to tell Eli what he's supposed to be doing and straightening them boys out, and he wouldn't do it. Now, don't expect to live in sin and the Lord to speak to you because it don't work that way. The Bible says God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. It could be a sin problem. There may be somebody you need to go make things right with. See, God's already told you that. Say, preacher, I don't know. There's just been so much stuff happening to me. There's just been so much stuff happening to me. And I I just think, I think God's mad at me and I think he's punishing me. And I, I don't know, I don't know if it's discipline or if it's development because development and discipline kind of feel the same way. Both storms, you know, the storm of the disciples and the storm of Jonah, uh, they both felt the same and looked the same and it felt the same, uh, but, but they were different. God was developing the disciples, making them stronger in their faith. God was disciplining Jonah, getting his attention. So how do we know the difference? How do we know when God's trying to get our attention and discipline us for sin? Easy. You say, how is it easy? How is it easy? Because you said they felt the same. They looked the same. There was both storms. There was both raining. There was both windy. The boat, both of the boats looked like they were going down. How in the world do you know? Easy. Easy. Jonah was asleep, right? He's in the bottom of the boat, right? And they said, we're going down. And they start throwing stuff off to try to lighten the the ship. What's Jonah say? It's me. It's me. Well, how do you know if it's sin or development? It's easy. Because you knew it was before it started. Jonah knew he was sinning before he ever got on the boat. I don't know if it's sin because God's already told you. I love people. Like, I preach I just don't know. Yes, you do. <laughs> if you're saved. How do you know that, preacher? Because if you're saved, you have the same Holy Spirit in you as I have in me. Right. And number one, God was convicting you before you did it. Amen. And God was telling you not to do it when you done it. Yep. And then when you done it, he was telling you, make it right. Yeah. Or else. And what you're going through is the or else, but you already know. You already know. There's no question. But let me tell you something. Here's how God works. God's discipline is only to the point of repentance. And then it's over. In other words, God doesn't discipline us because he's mad at us. He's getting us to turn around. And then once we turn around, Jonah said, Lord, Lord. Oh, if you just let me out of here, I'll go to Nineveh. And guess what? Fish beat him up. Guess what Jonah did? He burned a trail, son. How many of y'all with your preacher? I'm going to raise both my hands. How many of y'all with your preacher, you've experienced that fish before? Listen, just repent. This is is probably, we're, we're so stubborn. This is probably the easiest one out of all three. This is the easiest one. Just come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm repenting. Forgive me of my sin. I'm turning from my sin and I'm turning to you. If we confess our sin, He is 
faithful. He is faithful to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm going to say this, and I'm over time, but I've got to tell you this. There's a buddy of mine in South Carolina at Long Branch Baptist Church. Got great memories there. Even out of the will of God, God's, God's incredible. It's amazing how he works. Led him to the Lord. He was a captain of the Barnwell County Jail, and this was his motto. You know how everybody's got their thing? They've got their pet peeves about stuff. How I many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It might be shaking hands, getting potato, whatever it might be, but everybody's got their pet peeves about stuff. Well, his was a full tank of gas. He would get so aggravated when his wife came home and there was no gas in the car or no gas in the truck. I tell her over and over again, I can't tell you how many times I've told her, we got to have full tank gas, got to have full tank gas, got to have full tank gas. You don't never know when there's going to be an emergency and we need to get somewhere. We ain't going to have time. Stop and get gas. Right? You know what the point is? You don't never know when you're going to need to get a hold of God. And you ain't going to have time to be getting right with Him. Your child may be in danger. There may be something going on and you need to know there's no static in the line. Because you don't ever know when you're going to need him. And all God's people say it. Let's list the factors. Here's some factors that impair our hearing of the shepherd. Number one, there's a salvation salvation factor. Number two, there's a submission factor, surrender factor. Number three, there is a Now all three of these can be taken care of right now. All three of these. It's amazing. We We have a special altar right here that specializes in handling all three of them. Our altar workers are coming. They'll help you with the first one. They'll tell you right now. They'll take their Bible and show you how to fix number one. Say, number two is all on your own. You know you're saved. Just come tell him, I'm, I'm tired of running. I'm tired of running. I'm, I'm tired of not being surrendered. I'm, not, I'm tired of not having peace. I'm tired of not experiencing joy in my life. Today, I'm surrendering all. I'm giving it all. Lord, wherever, whenever, whoever, whatever you want me to do, wherever you want me to do it. And if it's sin, that's easy. Just come and say, God, I'm sorry. Repent and make it right. Confess it to God and he will take it away. He said, come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Church, say amen. Amen. Let's stand. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you for...